Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to episode 19 of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. On today's show, we are speaking with one half of the championship multi-title holding tag team, Yeah and Scare. We are speaking with wrestler Kubel about his time in the business, his time training, why he stepped away from the business for a few years, uh, coming back into wrestling, and everything in between. It's a really interesting discussion. I hope you'll enjoy it. Before we do get to Q-Ball, however, I just want to let you know what's coming up on New Year's Eve when the next episode, episode 20 of the SJP Wrestling Podcast, will be available to you. Um, I'm hoping to do a sort of 2020 year in review with multiple guests, so people who whose opinion I value very highly, who um, have certain companies that they enjoy, for example... Um, one person is coming on to talk specifically about the year in AEW with me. Um, somebody else is coming on to talk specifically about NXT in 2020. Somebody else for Raw and SmackDown, the WWE in general for 2020. Somebody else is going to cover Japan with me. I'm hoping that by speaking to these people who watch the shows on a regular basis and have done all year, we can get... A real informative look at these different companies with different people's perspectives and different people's areas of expertise when it comes to the wrestling they watch, I guess. I'm really excited about doing this show. It's going to be quite an undertaking for me, having multiple guests on the same episode. One of the most difficult ones I've I've attempted yet. Hopefully it all comes off and you enjoy it. Um, Before we get any further, however, I just want to say to everyone a big, huge thank you. The Chops, Kicks and Near Falls website are running End of Year Podcast and Writer Awards. Um, The SJP Wrestling Podcast has been nominated for the best weekly show. And at the moment, with a few days left still to vote, is doing very, very well in that category. I have been nominated for Podcaster of the Year. Um, and my other little project that I do with my awesome co-host Mags called Chain Wrestling, um, me and Mags for that show have been nominated for the duo of the year. Um, everyone who has put votes in, first of all, everyone who nominated us, it's, it's really you know a huge thing. Thank you so, so much. I've only been doing this for a short time. I still feel very very new and like I'm still learning my way and making plenty of mistakes and so on so I thank you to everyone who who was potentially nominated and thank you to everyone who has voted for for myself Sai um, for the SJP wrestling podcast itself and also for me and Mags uh, with chain wrestling it really does mean a great deal Um, I, I don't do this to sort of be boastful of numbers or clout or or try and big myself up or anything. I do this because I really, really enjoy it. But the fact that other people um, are effectively, by way of contacting us through Twitter or voting in these polls, are saying that they enjoy it too, means a great deal to me. It really does mean the world. So thank you to everybody who has nominated or voted. The vote is still open for a few more days. I believe it's Boxing Day it closes. You can find it on the on the Twitter and so on um, for definite, but I'm fairly certain it's Boxing Day it closes. So if you have not voted yet uh, and, and you do feel this way, it really would mean a great deal for you to jump on the Chops, Kicks and Near Falls link, tick a few boxes, uh, chuck the SJP Wrestling Pod, a couple of votes here and there. Check myself, Sai, a couple of votes here and there. And Mags and I for Chain Wrestling um, and Best Duo. That would be that would be awesome. Um, you can find the links via 
this show's Twitter, um, which is at SJP Wrestling Pod, or you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook using the same name, SJP Wrestling Pod. Uh, the links for the voting will be through Facebook and Twitter, though I'll share them mainly on there. Um, and you can also find my other show with Mags uh, at Chain underscore Wrestling. Um, I really hope that you are trying to give that a bit of a listen. It's a bit of a shorter show, normally around half an hour-ish. Just a light-hearted look at certain matches through the years. And then we have a little vote at the uh, uh, at the end to decide where we go next with people on Twitter. Um, it's a real fun project. I, I love speaking wrestling with anyone, but especially with Mags. The guy's an absolute star. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you can take the time to, to jump on, chuck us a few votes in these topics, uh, give Chain Wrestling a listen. And we can go from there. Um, I think that's everything I need to cover today uh, before we get to our our guest, uh, Cue Ball. Um, but just before I do, I want to say to everyone, thank you so, so much for, for listening to these past uh, 18 or so episodes. Um, and obviously this episode is coming to you on Christmas Eve. So honestly, to you, all your families and friends, I wish you the greatest of Christmas is that you can muster in these difficult times. I hope everyone has a wonderful time. Stay safe. Um, and I will speak to you again on New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening. One half of the ring wrestling stars, tag team champions, one half of the slam tag team champions, one half of the Sorian sister wrestling federation tag team champions, Cubal, welcome to the show, sir. What's going on, man? How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Not too bad. Really overjoyed to have you on. Oh, have a good little chat about your your career in this crazy world of professional wrestling. Oh, yes. Yeah, crazy is the right word right now, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, on that note, then, I suppose, considering how crazy the world is in general, um, how has the coronavirus lockdown situation affected you with regards to, I mean, you personally, and all, but more so you as a worker, as a wrestler. I mean, shows just aren't really happening in a lot of places, are they? No. So it, it's, mm, it's been all right. It's been okay. Um, it's affected my mental health a fair bit. Okay. But, um, you know, I've been quite open about that on my social media pages. Um, you know, I did uh, have a bit of a mental breakdown during the first lockdown uh, within Wales. And, um, yeah, you know, it happens, you know, because this, this lockdown thing is really restricting a lot of guys, not obviously, obviously not just wrestlers, but everybody doing a lot of things. And it, it does affect us. And uh, But thankfully, I'm a lot better now, thinking more positive, thinking more straight. You know, I'm, I'm doing really well now in a positive place. And, yeah. It's, it's okay, not bad at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the initial the initial setback there, but it's good to hear that you uh, are doing much better now. I've seen I've seen some of the posts on your on your social media, and I mean, it is something um, with regards to mental health and so on in general. It is something very close to my heart. So, um, with that kind of situation, it's I think it's great how first of all you managed to to deal with it and. Um, seem to be in a better place now by by your own admission but secondly how open you were as well with regards to talking about it online um and certain posts you put out there i I think awareness is a hugely important thing yeah yeah definitely i mean you know obviously you know wrestlers you know we're not we're not we suffer as well you know we i i decided to be more open about my mental health because i just want to help people that's all i really want to do you know i can't in the ring wrestling entertaining the punters so uh-huh. my way of trying to help and do something was to you know put my mental health on my page so people can see and think oh actually you know what you know he, he is a wrestler and he also does suffer you know so hopefully I've, I'm hoping I have helped people you know be able to open up because as you know yourself you just said you know you, you, have, you have your demons and all that and you know, opening up and speaking about it does help a lot, but it is a case of kicking yourself at the backside to be able to actually speak about it. Yes, it's a big, um, 
that initial step, I, I, I believe, actually having the conversation, so to speak, speaking to whoever it may be that you decide to speak to, whether a family member, a doctor, or, or, or just a mate, or that person you take that initial step with, I think that initial step is potentially the biggest, it's potentially the scariest, because you're making an admission of something. Um, whether you fully understand what you're talking about at the time or not, you're saying something isn't quite right here, regardless of whether you know the reasons for it or not. Yeah. I think that initial step is the biggest and potentially the scariest. But once that initial step has been made, I think that uh, all the following steps, providing people are listening to you, which they will do if people decide to reach out, the 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 following steps, I think, are always tend to be in the right direction and tend to be a help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's great. That's good. Okay. Um, so then, I mean, you, you say that um, you've not been working as much, obviously, due to the uh, the lockdown and so on. Um, let's go way, way back to the very beginning. Then, before you were even stepping foot in the ring yourself, where, when, how, I suppose, did you first discover this this insane world of blokes pretending to beat themselves up? So. Uh, going back to 1996, I was uh, okay. three, three years old, and my first kind of thing I ever seen in wrestling, my first memory of uh, wrestling was watching WWF. Um, I think they, I think they'd done it on Saturday morning, so almost like a, like a repeat kind of thing. You know, this is like this is what happened or something. Yeah, you used to get the sort of um, uh, you know the main shows I think on different channels, but I think maybe Sky Sky One or Channel Four sometimes had like a like you said like a sort of catch up or highlights. Yeah, that's right. I remember something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I sat down in front of the TV, and um, my first memory of watching wrestling on the TV it was just after Kane debuted, and um, when Undertaker and Kane was having that little feud thing they was doing, I see. Oh, okay. I say little, but obviously it's one of the most fantastic storylines you're ever going to get out of. Oh, definitely. It went, it went on for so long, so many twists and turns. It was brilliant. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, that's where I fell in love with wrestling, just from watching them to do what they do best. And yeah, you know, I, I remember saying to my, because I was watching it with my uncle, I remember saying to him, you know, one day I'm going to be there. I'd love to, I'd love to be there. And you know, I'm not in WWE or anything right now, and who knows? Maybe I might do, maybe I won't. But I, you know, I got I stepped foot in the ring, and I'm somewhat doing that, and I'm happy with where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, I mean that's great. I mean, are those is is it very much Undertaker and Kane that were your early favourites, or was that just literally your first entry into watching, and other people caught your eye as well? Um, Undertaker and Kane originally were my favourites but then as I started watching it more and becoming more aware of the actual other people in wrestling you know you had Triple H Shawn Michaels DX at the time uh, mm-hmm. you know you had uh, oh god I can't even remember who else Stone Cold The Rock yeah uh, you know you had all them guys you know in the attitude in the attitude era and you know they're the main guys that I think everybody thinks of when they think of attitude era I would say. Yeah, of course, yeah. Especially with Austin and Vince McMahon storylines. Fucking, oh, sorry, excuse me, if I can, I can ask that. That's right, I'll, I'll, I'll beat that out, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> excuse my language, sorry, guys. No problem, no worries. Um, but that, I think they are the first guys you really think of when you think of Attitude Era and WWF. Um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a brilliant time as well to, to literally sort of catch it on the television because there's so much going on in that in that era i mean it was obviously a huge boom period for wrestling in general i mean on the other channel you of course had the nwo this whole sting and goldberg eventually a little bit later on and and then what you what you were viewing was a huge money maker for the wwf obviously it was one of the biggest boom periods they ever had so it shows how popular that was all over the world i mean what a great time to start watching is it things like that fascinate me because if you'd have maybe stumbled across the tv show i don't know three or four years earlier you might have seen something like doink the clown or skinner or someone like that and thought, what the hell is this nonsense? You know, or it may have inspired you even more. Nobody ever really knows. But how people sort of discover it in the first place, I find absolutely fascinating. Well, yeah, that, I mean, everybody's got a story, haven't they, of how they found yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I mean, you say pretty much straight away as as um, thirteen, I believe you said you were, didn't you? Yes. Uh, no, three, three, nineteen ninety six. I was three. Oh, th- three. Apologies. So at three, no, three no, years no. of age, you, you were saying, at three years of age, you were saying, oh, I want to do this already. Why? Okay, I mean, that's... I don't know why, but that just that was the thing. Seen on TV, I was like, I want to do that. And yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you're looking at these these huge, larger than life characters at a very impressionable age. It's easy to sort of, I suppose, look at it and go, "Why? Look at these heroes. Look at these wonderful characters. I want to be like them." Of course, no, it makes perfect sense. So, from the age of three, um, eventually, then you decide one day. Um, I'm going to now look at a school, I'm going to now go and train, or I'm going to now take another step towards getting involved. Yeah. Um, at what age was that? And how, how did that process sort of come around? What, what, what made you decide from one day to not doing this to the next day to going, okay, now I'm, I'm going to make that decision? So how old have I been? It's 2009 I decided to take that step into wrestling, if you will. Um, only because um, where I lived in Chooksbury, um, there was a promotion named, you may know who these are, uh, Pro EBW, which are now Evolution Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of them, yeah. Yeah, so they came to my hometown in Chooksbury. I turned up to watch some stuff. You know, we had got there was guys like T-Bone, there was um, Charlie Sterling, which was Charlie Garrett at the time. Um, who else was there? Tommy Gunn. Um I can't even, I can't remember anybody else. It's so so long ago. I can't remember, but you know. And then on the signs, on the on the walls, sorry, of the venue, there was you know, come to uh, Gloucester for uh, Pro EBW training. So we did. Next day, you know, I spoke to promoter Robbo, and you know, started chatting, chatting away and all that. Next on the Sunday, got down to Gloucester, and it was Hempstead Village Hall. It's only a small village hall. Okay, and you know. You know, uh, I think on the day Gilligan Gordon was there, um, there was another guy who was there, but I'm not going to say his name for reasons. <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, it was all there on my first day. So it was like a, it was a big day, I, I, I think, uh, for the actual academy itself. You know, uh, got put through all the bumps, all through, through all the drills. And, you know, it was a really, it was an experience. And I, I loved it. It was something that I really enjoyed doing. I was like, yes, next Sunday I'll be coming back. Even though the following day I went back into school and I was aching like a, just, yeah, I was aching like fudge. <laughs> but I, I never turned back and, you know, I still love it to this day. Yeah, I mean, you say about the aching and so on. I mean, that's one of the questions I always ask people who have um, even whether it's been at one training session or they've been wrestling on events for years is one question that I always find absolutely fascinating is stood outside the door just before you're about to walk in for the first time were there any nerves uh, what, what was the emotions and the feelings there and also the first bump you took oh god emotions wow um, okay so Stepping through that door, there was all these, you know, these guys have been doing it for months, years, whatever already. I, not necessarily scared, I was more intimidated. I was like, damn. You know, so you had guys like Rory White there. Um, You had um, Tom Fraser, which is Tom Fraser, Tom, or whatever, them two together were AOV and Battles of Islands at the time. You know, they, they helped me when I first came into wrestling. So, you know, much respect to them if they listen to this. Thank you very much. Then you had, again, you had Gilligan Gordon, who was taking the newbies like myself through the through the bumps and all the drills. Um, it was just intimidating. And, but the, but the, the longer I spent there on that day, the more comfortable I got because they made me feel really welcome. Which, again, you know, if any of the, any of the guys listen to this, you know, I want to say thank you for making a, a guy, well, a kid, a teenager like, that I was feeling really warm and welcome. Um, but taking my first bump, man, it's it's one of them things you just got to do it, haven't you? Um, you just you just got to just chuck yourself back and hope for the best, and you know, tuck your chin and 
spread your arms out, make, make that bump. And the first one you take is like, oh. <laughs> it's almost like you blow yourself to a point. And, but, you know, you, you do it a couple more times after. You know, you start from uh, the way I got taught. Cause everybody gets taught differently how to bump. The way I got taught was just to roll on your back, first of all, just to get with the motion of how you're supposed okay. to go in. Uh, from the squat position, sorry, you know, supposed to squat and then going back, just rolling back and then, you know, just chuck your arms out. And then, so sort of a, a slow progression to building up to something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the more comfortable you get with that, the higher, you know, the more, um, like the higher, I guess, you get with doing it. And then when you feel even more comfortable, it was like, right, Jack, keyboard, whatever. My, my real name is Jack, whatever. I want you to just go back now. I want you to jump. I was like, really? You want me to jump? This wasn't in the wrestling ring, mine. This was just on the pads, you know, the, the somewhat thick pads. So, okay, all right, let's try this then. Let's do it. You know, got the adrenaline kicking in now because I'm in pain, but what I still want to do is I want to show, I want to show the trainers that I can do this and stuff. Yeah, I sure. Done I done it and bang probably on the floor for a couple of minutes because like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but you know I mean, it's great it was great you know yeah i mean to me that's that's the two things that are sort of the, the, the big there's obviously more to it don't get me wrong of course there yeah. is i mean i'm very much outside looking in but those are two things that always stand out to me as as a fan talking to you guys that that initial walk through the door and that first bump and it's fascinating how many how many people say the same thing about being in the car park or walking across the the drive or going up to the door for the first time and feeling either intimidated or nervous or potentially scared of what what they're going to be greeted by building up the confidence to actually open that door and then finding that they were worried about not much the people on the other side were very helpful were very um supportive and friendly which i think which i think is fantastic because it would be so easy to um for want of a better term i suppose so easy to ward or frighten people off if they're confronted straight away by by people who make their their nerves justified yeah definitely yeah so i mean that was that was training there with um evolution wrestling as they're known now i suppose um where did you go from there how long were you training with them um and was your first actual performance was your first match actually with that company yeah, so I, I was with Evolution Wrestling for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, about two years, I think, I was with them for. And uh, my, my debut match was actually... So I start, so, I, so the first time I stepped in the ring and started training was February 2009. Okay. My, my, if I'm correct, if I'm rightly saying, my first debut match, it was only, only an, an academy show. But to me, it was still a match. You know, it was your first match, essentially, in front of Oh, no, right. don't, don't, don't sell it short. I mean, us academy shows, are, you know, there, yeah. there's some great action that goes on in them as well. I mean, you're actually, you're actually, you know, fulfilling a dream that you've had since the, the three years of age or stepping between the ropes at a show. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, my first, my debut match was, I want to say June or July of 2009. So I had a couple of months and, you know, Robbo, the promoter, had faith in me that I could put a match together. And I worked with AOV, Ambassadors of Violence, which was Rory White and uh, Tom Fraser. Mm-hmm. It was a handicap match. So it was me. Back then, I was named JP. Just my initials, right? It was JP versus Ambassadors of Violence. It was a good match. You know, it's, it, it was, was going to be as good as it was going to be, you know, with somebody like me against people like them. They carried me through it. You know, I was green as grass, blah, 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 blah. Got through it. But yeah, I was with them for a couple of years and then I decided, well, you know, like personal life got in the way a little bit so I couldn't train as often as I wanted to. And, you know, I still done bits for, for a while, but, you know, it's sort of just, I don't know. I just, it's almost like I let go of the whole wrestling thing. I didn't think I could just, I didn't think I could carry on. Right, okay. Way. But yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you say you say that you didn't think you could carry on. Uh, was it literally a case of 
I mean, it, it happens in all walks of life, I suppose, with people doing things um, outside of family and work. Was it just a case of life getting in the way, or were you maybe thinking this wasn't for you for some reason? Were you falling out of love with wrestling or anything, or was it, you know, ex- explain that process to me? Right. So, no, I, 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 I can't really say I've ever fallen out of love with wrestling. The politics, okay. in, the politics I've fallen out with, I, you fall out of love with easily. But the wrestling itself, no, it was more a case of actual personal life and working. Um, mm-hmm. and I had a full-time job, and it was like, well, the realism of it is, you've got to work. You know, wrestling isn't going to pay bills unless you get, you know, unless you're a big time competitor in the UK or in the world independent scene. You know, there's only a handful of people in the UK that I know of who actually live off this full time. That's not in WWE or any any major companies. But yeah, it was just work life. You know, I had I had to because I was I had bills and stuff to pay for. So, yeah. So the wrestling side sort of had to be put on hold a little bit. Like I said, I still, yeah, life gets in the way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still kept in the loop with guys, you know, still spoke to them, done a couple of odd jobs and, you know, and all that. But, you know, just sort of went a bit uh, after a while, which is unfortunate, but, you know. Yeah, no, no I mean, it, it, it happens, doesn't it? In all walks of life, it's, it's, it's the, way, the way the world is, I guess. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there that you were initially uh, wrestling under... Um, JP as, as your initials. I mean, that was the, was it the insane star JP. I believe oh is that the? I tried to do a little bit of research. I, you know, I tried to act at least semi-professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how long were you wrestling under that name for? And, and and talk me through the idea of this initial gimmick you had. Because after that, um, you eventually progressed into being Alistair Mickelson. Is that correct? Yeah, it was oh, Alistair Michelson, yeah. Michelson, yeah. apologies, yeah. It's all right, I'll, I'll let you off, it's fine, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, J- the insane star JP, wow. We, well, I, sorry. I So I had this JP gimmick where it was just, it was literally just me, you know, this rip-off kind of Jeff Hardy kind of thing that everybody does when they first join wrestling. Oh, I want to be Jeff Hardy. Oh, I want to be Undertaker, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, nah, I need to get, as I was sort of learning the business a bit more, I was like, nah, I need to get out of this crap. I need to get out of it. So I did, so I went with the insane star JP. So this gimmick was based off when Sting was going through his whole insane kind of thing in TNA. Do you remember, if you remember that? Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. And he had the um, the Joker face paint at some That's point, it. and yeah, I, I thought that was really I, I really enjoyed that time in TNA in general. But Sting as well, there I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I got the main idea from. You know, I kind of had the because. I kind of, I like to put my personality into gimmicks, you know, so it's me, so I can believe in myself and all that. And I was like, right, well, if Sting can do this, and this is a guy who has done a few different gimmicks in his time, you know, he's done Surf Sting, he's done Crow Sting, you know, he's just done Sting. And, you know, so maybe it was a case of, if I watch what he does, is this insane psychopathic like joker-esque kind of gimmick then maybe i can put this into my gimmick and you know that's what i've done so it's still part of me to a point it was like the wackier side of me but it was also a bit of the whole joke joker sting kind of thing i i that's that's great i i had fun doing it you know i was this i i had fluffy leg warmers you know i don't know (laughs) and just bright clothing, you know. So I, I, you know, I kind of looked the part, I suppose. But looking back and thinking about the stuff I did as GP, it's just like, well, you know, I had people say to me, "This, you shouldn't be doing this," and I didn't listen because I was just, I was young and I thought I knew what was best. Yeah, I wish I listened to them sooner because not, you know, it was good. It, you know, it, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of like workers enjoyed it but i think it done more damage to me than it should have if that makes sense okay i mean and how, how do you mean by that do you, you mean like people weren't taking it seriously or well it's not a serious gimmick is it let's face it it wasn't a serious gimmick at all a lot of people thought i was trying to ruin the business i was trying to ruin some of that people that like work wrestlers love and it wasn't at all 
I wasn't trying to do that at all. It was just me having fun because that's what you should be. Yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I don't. I don't quite follow how. You, how? I mean, obviously, I, I've not witnessed the gimmick myself. Yeah. Um, but you're saying that people thought that he was trying to ruin the business in some. And so, are you, are you talking other wrestlers there, or? Yeah, uh, you know, other wrestlers thought I was trying to uh, ruin the business. Like, I, I'm not going to mention names because it's just in the past. There's no need to. Bring no, of course, no, no, definitely. Yeah, we 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 don't need to, we don't need to mention names in any way, shape, or form. I'm not I'm not about all, I'm not about all that sort of stuff. I'm just more interested in. Um, the thought process these these people potentially had and your reaction to it. I mean, ultimately, I'm I, I'm intrigued by your career and your journey. So I'm sort of very interested in how that worked. Yeah. So you know, it, it came to the point where I wasn't listening to people. I was like, no, I'm going to carry on. You know, I've got a little bit of a fan base going on with the shows I used to go to and all that. And one one day, the said person actually came to my at the time girlfriend's house and threatened her because of this um uh, oh why i'm not going to go into too much detail because there's no need we're going to keep this all happy and blah 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 yeah of course so yeah yeah just for that reason i i you know packed it packed it in and i sort of retired from wrestling i thought that was going to be it for me um so that was i was out of wrestling for four years then when that happened what we're doing, you know, doing nothing at all, no, no, no training or no one-off shots no. or anything like that. Just, just literally walked away. Yeah, I, I walked away because it was just a case of, do you know what, you know, somebody's come to my house and threatened my, uh, now my wife, and over a wrestling gimmick. It's in over it, a wrestling gimmick because that's I insane. I cannot get my head around that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, you know, it is what it is. You know, this happens in the past. You know. Yeah, no, no, I understand that absolutely takes my breath away. So, so you then say you were you're out of the business for four years because of that, and I, and I can fully understand why you'd want to walk away. Yeah. I mean, to me, that would be a case of I'd literally be thinking, sod this, I, I, you know, it ain't worth the hassle. Um, but at the same time, putting a different spin on it, I suppose, we speak again about the incredibly young age of three years of age, uh, three years old, that you started watching these guys on the television, wanted to be involved grew up, started training, um, went through into this gimmick you devised, and then to effectively feel you had to walk away because somebody was that, that well, spiteful, that nasty, that threatening, however you want to word it. Um, that must have been quite a difficult decision to make, I would assume. Um, but then four years pass, and you decide to come back, which is, which is brilliant. Um, what was it that made you decide after that little duration away to, to come back? Um, I think I wanted to come back. I felt like four years was long enough. You know, I had my time out. Were you missing it? And it was, uh, I thought maybe people had forgotten about me. So I was like, all right. Okay. So me and my wife sort of discussed about, discussed it. And, um, you know, there was a, cause I live in, at this point now I live in Wales. Um, and there was a, a there's a training school, you know, obviously, uh, there's a training school in Blackwood, South Wales, and it was it's called Knockout Pro Wrestling. And yeah, I thought, you know what, I you know I found this school. I know a couple of people who actually go there from being, you know, from my first run in wrestling. You know, made you know got friends with a couple of guys who live in Wales. So I was like, right, I'm going to go to this one because I know guys there. I know they're not going to judge me. Blah blah blah. So yeah, I found Knockout Pro Wrestling, and then. Uh, it all started again, you know. Nothing bad's happened yet, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> but yeah. So that that four years you were right. Obviously, you had the decision to make that you took to step away, and I can fully understand why with the story you've just told me. Um, during that four years, I mean, if if that if that situation didn't happen, I'm assuming you you probably wouldn't have stepped away as readily. So during that four years, did you did you miss it, or were you happy to be away from it for a while? Was the break good? How was that time before you decided to come back? So at first, the first I don't know, maybe like three, three and a half years, I enjoyed it, you know, because I I had, you know, I was I was hurting, and so it was nice to sort of have that 
like kind of break from it. You know, so I'd been wrestling since since I was sixteen. I'd been doing a training, and there was almost like it was kind of a blessing in disguise, if you will, that it happened. So you know, like I said, I was able to sort of recharge, kind of focus on my actual on myself, and mm-hmm. you know, make a, have a family, get married, and have get a house and all that. But um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely lost where I'm at going with this now. I can't remember. What you yeah, no problem. You, no problem. You were um, <laughs> you said after about three and a half years of being away. Yeah, yeah. So then it came to like the last half of the year, and I was like, no, I I just it's not that I fell fell out of love with wrestling. It's more I just kind of I couldn't watch it because I I couldn't do what I was watching. So I was like, no, nah, I can't watch this anymore. And I just. So maybe maybe I did fall out of love of wrestling, but it was more of a hate towards it because I couldn't do what they was you know what I was watching. You know, at this time you had like the Shield come in and you know okay uh, they had like a really good run. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then you know you had Daniel Bryan, you had CM Punk, and all that. You know, it's just like, oh god, I really want to be doing this, but it was just so. Was it like a a frustration then almost that you yeah. you you were still watching what you loved but couldn't. I suppose participate yourself. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a much better way of saying it. Thank you. Yeah, it's more fresh. No, no problem. <laughs> you know, I I still kept in contact with a few of the guys when I was out, and but even towards a lot of the like the guys who I was sort of built up a kind of a bit of a uh, you know stuff you guys kind of thing. Not their fault. It's purely down to my ear. Yeah, it was my fault. Is my mental state and all that. But um, yeah, you know, I came back into wrestling then, and. You know, went to Knockout Pro Wrestling Academy in Blackwood, and yeah, you know. So was that just back training for a little while, just to sort of get yourself back up to speed? Kind, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, no, so I'm I'm still with them now to a point. Um, yeah, so I went back in 2008. No, went back in 2017 under the gimmick of Alistair Michelson. Okay, talk me through that. I mean, you, you've you've had this time away. The insane star JP you've decided to ditch, and you've moved on to the, the, this new name, this new gimmick. Um, what are the big differences? Why did you make that change? Talk, talk me for, through that process. I, mean, I suppose creative process, because you're the one who's creating this persona. Talk me through how that works. Right. So as I <coughs> excuse me, sorry. As I said, it like we you know talking about the insane gimmick. I like to incorporate myself into gimmicks to make it more believable and, you know, and all that. Yeah, it makes so, sense. This Alistair Michelson was the darker side of me. This is the kind of, like, the, the uh, hacked-off version, you know, the person who's not going to take any... Uh, take any bull crap. Yeah. Um, just pure darkness kind of thing, you know. I'd, I'd be going out my face is all just—it's just covered. I had a hood. You know, I—I just—I—I I, I moved more, more slowly, and you know, I—you know—I made it look like I was literally going to kick the living crap into you, kind of thing. You know, I was—I was a force not to be reckoned with, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you know, that came to an end quite soon because I just—it wasn't getting anywhere. It wasn't really doing me any favors, and. You know, I I had to evolve again, almost like a reincarnation, I suppose, if if you want to say that. And okay. Then, you know, spoke to Motor. We had a few ideas, like a Viking, uh, a Viking gimmick pops up, and like, nope, straight away, I'm not doing that. I've <laughs> <laughs> got anything against Vikings. It's just I just don't feel like I could have done it. And again, you've got you've got you've got to have a link there yourself, haven't you? You say you say about the first two gimmicks we're discussing here, from how you've described them, two very different, um, two very different personas, but both you say you can link back to aspects of your own personality. So if you don't feel it with say a Viking gimmick, to me that makes perfect sense. Not wanting to do that. Yeah, definitely. And um, then you know, started like you know just brainstorming and it's like so why let me have a go at doing something like i am now you know so where i can be i could be i could be mouthy 
I can be heel or face, whatever you want me to be, and I can just have a lot of more freedom. So, it, so it, this is how I try. This is how I describe it. So you see Mark Calloway as the Undertaker, right? When he yeah. first came into WWF, he was Undertaker, like the proper Undertaker. You know, he he moved very slowly. He there was no like vocal kind of selling or anything like that. He was just boom. That was it. He was yeah, yeah. So then when he went to American Badass, he was, well, you know yourself from watching wrestling and watch, um, he was able to be more vocal. He's able to have more freedom in his gimmick and do more things. And you, you know where I'm going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. He, he, again, he's, um, I suppose he's took the edge off the, the sort of dead man gimmick and he's a little bit more, um, I suppose, as daft as it sounds, a little bit more human potentially. And yeah. he ran as a heel and a face at different times away from the dead man gimmick, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, so this is, I was like, right, let's try this. Let, let's see if we can work. Let me see if I can do this. But then trying to come up with a name, that was the, that was, it was fairly easy actually, I must admit. It was, so the name Cubo, that, comes from basically you know so you're playing pool or snooker you know you got the cue ball mm-hmm. and i like that idea because if i'm here um people could take the mick out of it because i'm bold <laughs> okay <laughs> you know so it's cheap heat you know so i was like right well that's gonna work cheap heat so instantly you get the whole boldy chance going on um you know originally cue ball was was heel but and then uh, um, as time's gone on, he's just more of a neutral, if you will. You know, he's not face, he's not heel, he's just in between kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Depends on the situation he's in, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed... It. I would say I've enjoyed being Q-Ball over doing this whole JP Malarkey and uh, Alistair Michelson because it's this Q-Ball is more me. I mean, that's something that they always talk about as well, isn't it? How the really successful um, gimmicks, for want of a better term, um, the really successful characters are like a, an extended version of the person portraying them. So, I mean, uh, Steve Austin is the one that I, I hear used as an example the most by different people on, on podcasts and shoot interviews online and all that sort of stuff. The, the, the Steve Austin, the Stone Cold Steve Austin character is the real Steve Austin, Steve Williams, I believe his name is, um, amplified. Um, And and the Vince Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon character, is Vince McMahon just amplified. And it seems that those those sort of of successful characters that, you know, I'm not talking successful as in make loads of money, big arenas. I'm talking successful as in they do the job they 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 have to which is resonate with the crowd make links with the crowd um they all come from that sort of um expanding on an aspect of your own personality and it's really curious that you've had these these three gimmicks now and each one you describe as being quite different but they all come from something that you feel from within yourself um you, you mentioned there as well with with, with the cue ball character that you can you effectively work heel face depending on the situation, um, and you, you are currently. Um, I, I imagine your your gear bag when you go from uh, venue to venue is very heavy with the amount of gold you must be dragging around with all the championships you currently sport. Um, but that's obviously as as part of a uh, tag team there, um, yeah. yeah, and scare uh, with Big D. Yeah. Um, which do you prefer? We'll start off with the heel and face because that's what we discussed uh, originally. Which do you prefer, working heel or working face? Do you have a preference? Hmm. It, I don't know. It's like you said, it's a situation kind of thing. I mean, <clears throat> where I, I don't know, face. I'll say face. I prefer working face because uh, I feel I can do more of the emotional side of things when I'm face, you know, so being able to get the crowd on my side, I, I feel like I can do that more. And I think naturally just with me, I'm more face anyway. Even when I'm even when I'm booked to be heel, I just come over more as face. I don't know what it is. 
it's just I, okay so a good example right so a couple of years back i got as keyboard i got i got booked for a company called hcw which is in worcester okay yep. it was team wales which was me and uh, a wrestler called ryan charles versus team england which was bull dr biker and lewis blaine and it should be it should be team england that should be getting the cheers right yeah because of where you are yeah yeah but as soon as as soon as I went came out, we got the cheers, and the teaming team England whatever got the booze. Oh, okay. <laughs> so to me, it's like, well, maybe I should just kind of be a face, but not a face. If that makes sense, you know, just more of the guy you love to hate kind of thing, you know, kind of the Steve Austin thing, I guess you could say. Yeah, that kind of edgier sort of, not yeah. the sort of Hulk Hogan slapping people's hands say your prayers kind of good guy but maybe a bit more of a realistic yeah. um, I mean because even with in the real world in real life you have good and bad people but it doesn't necessarily mean that good people do good things all the time good people are capable of doing bad things of course they are but it still doesn't mean they're not a good person so I suppose you've got that edge to that style of that, that edge to the persona I guess yeah definitely yeah you know I, I like to think I can sort of one minute have the crowd like me and then the next minute I could get them to hate me. You know, that's that's what I try to do anyway. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's a very good uh, ability to have in in what you're doing. Um, So the next part of that question, I guess, when comparing um, different aspects of what you've done, you're having great success at the moment as one half of a tag team. Um, But of course you've worked singles matches in the past as well. Um, do you have a preference there? And also, I suppose, a follow-up. Is it difficult going from wrestling as a singles to a tag and maybe back again? Is it difficult to adjust? Um, I would say yes. It is quite difficult to adjust. Um, when you've been doing singles so long, you know, you've got to, you know, you know what's going to happen in the matches and all that. So uh, I sometimes find it just to, sometimes sometimes find it difficult to do tag team matches because I feel like I need to know what everybody's doing to a point. Okay. So not only I need to know what I'm doing, I need to know what my opponent, my both of my opponents are doing, and what Big D is doing. Well, really, I don't really need to be worrying about what he's doing, but I still do, and then I I can sometimes get myself in a bit of a kerfuffle. But you know, there are also I do have a lot of fun in in Yer and Scare, the tag team. You know, working with Big D, you know, he's supposed to be the scare, but he's just a big, lovable, cuddly bear, if you will. So you could say it's, you could say it's Yer and Bear. Yeah, Yer and Bear. bear kind there's, of there's some merchandise in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a, like a big uh, Care Bear kind of thing going Yer or something, I don't know. Exactly, just with a title belt over his shoulder or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you know, it's it's one of them things, you know, some nights the tag team matches are better than the singles matches and then some nights the singles matches are better than the tag team matches. It just depends, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how many people I speak to um, who I ask that question if, they, if they've been working as a tag and a singles at different times. I, I, it's another one, the same as... Um, first bump and sort of stepping through the door of the training center for the first time that really intrigues me the difference between going from a singles to a tag um and it's amazing how many people say pretty much the same thing that working as a singles is good because you only got to think about yourself and your opponent but then working as a tag you've got more people to think and worry about um you tend to sort of almost get the same the same thread of answers each time I ask that question. So it's fascinating to me because obviously people are trained in different places. They work with different companies and different wrestlers, but the feelings tend to be um, kind of similar across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, I mean, as as we're sort of drawing to a bit of a close here, then um, you, you mentioned the, the team there with big D yeah. And scare. 
um, how long have you two been actually working alongside each other? Uh, as, as I said, when we introduced you, you're currently champions on tag team champions of three different companies, which is quite an achievement at the same time. How, how long have you known each other? Were you friends before wrestling? Uh, t- tell me the story there. So, obviously, Big D's from Wales. Never knew who Big D was. Um, he happened to train at the same at Knockout Pro Wrestling. And, you know, if we're going to go all wrestling about this, keeping kayfabe alive, uh, we didn't really get on. Um, you know, it was just one of them things, you know, both big guys, and we just tried to outdo each other. Um, okay. You know, so we never really done much together kind of thing. And then when we first started working for Ring Wrestling Stars, uh, the promoter put me and him together. And, yeah, we had a few matches together, and I still currently hold the winning streak against him. You know, I think it was... I think I've had four wins, and he's had three wins to me, so I'm still winning. So we still tease each other about that. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) um, You know... August 2018 came around for Siren Sessa Wrestling Federation and they needed a tag team for their title, for their tag team championship match. So I said to Big D, right, I've had enough of going against each other now because we're kicking the crap into each other for nothing, really. Let's see what we got together. Let's see what we can do together. So August 2018 for Siren Sessa Wrestling Federation, we're in a tag team match. And we win. You know, we uh, we beat uh, uh, a tribute to Cruel Connection and Casey Wilde and uh, Justin Powell. We beat them. It was a triple. It was a triple threat elimination tag team match. So they we won our first title, our first uh, tag team titles. Okay, in, in your first match teaming together. Yeah, our first official match is Yaren Scare. That's we won our first tag team bounce. Okay. So we was like, oh, this is good. So maybe we are quite good together. So, you know, we put our differences aside and started to become more friendly. 9th of November, 2019, uh, Ring Wrestling Stars want to put Yaren Scare against uh, Dogs of War, which is Paul Dr. Biker and Ryan Charles. That same night, November 9th, 2019, Yaren Scare win the uh, Ring Wrestling Stars Tag Team Championship bounce. So this is cool. This is going awesome. You know, every title defense we've had with these bouts we've defended, we've kept them. You know, people might say that we cheat to win, but I would say we we creatively win. <laughs> You're inventive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're inventive of how we win. You know, it might not be to everybody's taste, but you know, we we know we know what to do. And big, I, I think Big D's learned a lot about that through through me because I've shown shown him a few things. And then Slam Down Wrestling UK came to us. Obviously, we haven't been able to wrestle for them yet because of the English, the, the lockdown in England. Yeah, they're a very, very new company, aren't they? Yeah, very, very new. And um, so I think, oh, no, don't worry. I'm not going to say that. Don't worry, because that never happens. Don't worry. Um, anyway, um, they approached us, the, the, the promoter of Slam Out. No, it's not. It's Slam Down Wrestling approached us and said, look, we need tag team champions. We need a good team to hopefully build us this company up. Would you like to be our tag team champions? And straight away, we was like, well, would you rather us have a match first to actually, you know, become the champs or we just, or what? He said, no, I want to put you two as our champs because we feel we, you could elevate the company, you know, just to start off with so yeah that's that's we haven't had an official match yet with the slam down wrestling uk but yeah that's our story basically yeah and it seems to be one very much of success from day one doesn't it yeah and um you know hopefully there'll be continued to success but yeah you know yeah it's great it's, it's, it's good stuff um and Again, as, as we're coming very much to to an end here, um, now you've been back involved in wrestling for a little while after your your hiatus, um, and we mentioned at the start of the show um, the the mental health issues that that you've experienced 
in recent lockdown times. Um, how do you personally feel everything is going right now? I mean, to me, holding belts in three different companies and, and the way you talk about Big D and the Air and Scare team, it, it all seems very positive for me outside looking in. Um, in terms of the Air and Scare, do you mean, or just as in my career? In, in general, yeah, in your career. And, and yeah, I mean, the Air and Scare is obviously a big part of your career now. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just sort of in, in general and how, how you feel things are going and, and where you want to go in, in the future when, when lockdown allows. I think everything is going good with myself and Yair and Scare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been, we had the opportunity to defend the RWS titles uh, back in October and we're, we're supposed to be defending them in December. And, you know, hopefully we will retain. But if we don't, you know what? We don't retain. We lose them and then we can go on to the other things. You know, that's just the way wrestling is. You know, I'm not going to get sour about it. We just got to move on. We've got to build ourselves back up again. We've got to put these other guys over. That's our jobs at the end of the day. But um, yeah, and scare. I think we're doing really well for ourselves. I think and hoping we can get some more tag team titles around our. I say I say waists, but we're too big. Around our <laughs> shoulders. Oh, no, I, I'll tell you what. I, 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 you mentioned this. Um, I've seen a great um, couple of I- images and stories on your social media about a huge weight loss you've recently oh, yeah, put, the, yeah. put, the, put the effort in to achieve. I mean, congratulations. It's incredible. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, five sto- uh, as of today, I am five stone lighter. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's incredible. That's, that's almost like, you know, that's insane. That's a huge amount of weight to have shifted. So testament to you and your commitment there. That's absolutely brilliant. Well done. Yeah, so, um, again, thank you very, very much for um, coming on the show today and talking us through your your career and various different gimmicks and the, the sort of stock start you had a few years back. I really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks for inviting me on, man. Um, I, you know, I, I hope everything goes really well with SJP Podcast. And, yeah, it seems to go really well for you. And I just hope you have uh, continued success, if you will. Sorry? Sorry, for a little bit there, mate. I do apologise. Oh, that's all right. Sorry, I'm just saying. I, you know, I hope you continue to have really good success with your podcast because it's going really well for you so far, from what I've seen. So, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's 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 great. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy doing it. I'm really grateful to the people who come on. I'm especially grateful for the couple of people that gave me the kick up the backside and motivated me to start because I wouldn't have done it without them. So, a little shout out to my wife Sharon and. Uh, and my, my podcast bud uh, mags there um, but yeah it's 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 great I really enjoy it and I'm really thankful when I get to hear these wonderful stories from people such as yourself and how you because everyone's story is different and I found our discussion today absolutely fascinating with the things that have happened the gimmicks you've gone through and where you are now so again thank you hugely for uh, taking the time to speak with me this afternoon um on the t- on the topic actually of shows you have your own don't you your own youtube um podcast interview show do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so my podcast video cast whatever you want to call it it's called cubo's bearded rambles and that's basically what we're doing now but it's on video form so we can so you can see our beautiful faces <laughs> and- <laughs> I do exactly what you do. I, I sit down with some wrestlers and we talk about their career, how they got into it, where they'd like to be. Uh, you know, we just speak about their training and basically what we've spoken about today is pretty much what I talk about. So, it, you know, but that's on YouTube. Um, I've had a bit of a hiatus from that for recent weeks, but I'm looking to bring it back. You know, I've had a bit more interest again. So maybe you should come on mine. Oh, love to, mate. I mean, I've I've, I've not got a, anywhere near as a, as fascinating, as interesting as a story as yourself. Or I mean, I I watched a few episodes of of your show. Um, the Liam Jones one stands out to me that I, yeah. I watched that recently. Um, I've known him since he was a baby, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm very much outside looking in when it comes to the wrestling business, but I'm more than happy to talk wrestling with anyone. So. Yeah, anytime you want a guest, I, I, I'm more than happy to pop on. Um, just let everyone out there listening know where they can find you on the social medias. 
Um, I'm only on Facebook because I'm not a Twitter thing because that's just full of ne- negativity. So it's just on Facebook. Uh, Cubor. That's literally all it is. Just a bald-headed brawler. Like my page, you know, there's stuff on there. You got my weight loss journey. You got... I, I support my local community of Newport, South Wales on there. Uh, follow, you know, I've got my story of mental health on there. got the wrestling side of me. I've pretty much got a lot of things on there going on. It's not just about wrestling. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, again, this is where I sort of, when we initially started talking about you coming on the show, I, I of course, do a bit of research. I look, I look online, look for your page and so on. And it is very fascinating, the different aspects of, of what you have going on. Um, it, it is great stuff. And again, with the 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 YouTube um, show as well, if people want to take the opportunity to go on to Cubor's Facebook page, find the links, have a little look at those. Uh, when this show comes out, I'll naturally tag you in it and you can tag a few videos on the end as well so people can see. It's well worth um, popping on and having a look at some of these these video interviews that Cubor does. I've, I've enjoyed the ones I've seen. I'm sure you will too. Thank you very much. No problem. Again, thank you very much for your time, sir. I hope very. I hope we can have you back on and, and speak more wrestling soon when lockdown eases. And uh, I wish you good luck for everything in the future. Thank you very much, man. Enjoyed speaking yeah. to you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye.